Welcome to A Couple of Kimers Podcast, where your favorite millennial couple shares a couple of thoughts about a couple of thoughts. Today and every day, we navigate relationships and learn to love the journey. We are your hosts, the Kimers. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you my handsome, super intelligent husband, Chris. And I introduce to you my beautiful and talented wife, Francesca. Today's topic is grief during the holidays. But before we get started, we want to do our usual attitude, attitude of gratitude. gratitude. And today I will say I'm grateful for family and, of course, more importantly, my wife because she's just really been there by my side through thick and thin, day in and day out. And, you know, we've had a lot of rough times it seems like the last couple years that have been a lot but I'm so grateful that we've had our families by our side and really allowed us to get through it and had a great Thanksgiving with them and had some laughs good food and it was it was really nice so I'm again grateful for family for my wife and just the life that we have and continuing to build on that. Um, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for our new car. Oh, yeah, we have a new beep, car. Beep. We got a new car. I mean, I'm grateful for all those things, too. You know, you're such a sap. And, <laughs> I mean, you I'll know, I don't pull as much on the heartstrings as Mr. Keemer. But... I'm grateful for all of that and our new car. We got a new Hyundai Palisade, and we love it. It's a three-row, and, you know, in the next decade of our life, we do want to have some kids, so that we'll be able to, you know, carry our kids, drive them around. It's not a minivan because I just... I'm just not there in life. I haven't even had one kid, right? So, and I never really wanted a minivan. It's kind of in my head that I just never wanted one, but we'll see what the future holds. However, at this point, our Palisade is SUV, three row, and we love it. So I'm very grateful that we were able to find it Um, because right now is not a good time to buy a car because of the chip shortage. So we were able to get one in a reasonable price and we love it. Exactly. So that's what I'm grateful for today. Something more superficial, but yet <laughs> important because, yeah. you know, we needed it and we got it. So Exactly. But today's topic, like Chris said, is grief during the holidays. Thanksgiving just passed. Christmas is coming up along with all the other December holidays. And these are just, I feel like, times where people often, you know, grieve a little bit harder in, you know, other months and other times of the year, um, you know, things like birthdays and these major holidays where we have memories from young with people who are no longer with us. Um, so I just think it's important to talk about because we both experience it. Oh, um, yeah. We've both lost our mothers and yeah, I just, we decided that this would be a perfect topic for today. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially since also when you consider the weather change and when it's cold and it gets dark sooner, you know, that kind of adds to the grief as well. 
right? Mm. What's it called? Uh, sad. You have seasonal, seasonal affective disorder. Is it seasonal affective disorder? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so that's that, and that can affect just pretty much anybody for any reason. And then you add grief on top of that. And we live in Michigan, so the days are super short. So sad, SAD, has been affecting, you know, all of us pretty much. And then you add, you know, a little bit more joyful time, supposed to be, you know, celebrated, celebrate, celebrations, excuse me. Um, and it, it just compounds. So we've definitely been feeling it. And we know a lot of people who have also been feeling it. And it's just that time of year. So we yeah. saw an article. It's it's an older article, but um, did come across it and just had some really big uh, key points about grief during the holidays. And we just want to go through those points and talk about it for us. Um, and maybe it will help someone. Yeah. And help ourselves. It's a little bit of therapy for ourselves, Absolutely. too. So the first one is trust that grief is part of the healing. Right. To me, what that suggests is you're going to feel all types of emotions, all types of feelings. And that's part of it because the way I had described it, that I describe it to my to clients as well as what I learned going through um, therapist training is when you lose someone, especially a parent or a sibling, whomever, when you lose someone, essentially you are severing that relationship. No different than when you're severing or cutting off like a limb or something, not to sound graphic or gruesome, but I mean, essentially that's what it is. You're cutting off that tie. So, when that person is no longer alive and you see them on a regular basis, essentially you are, you know, experiencing that pain. So for people who may think that emotional pain is not the same as uh, physical pain, that's, that's not really true. It's just as painful, if not even more, because you really can't at that point do anything much to um, really resolve it except for, giving yourself time. So yes, grief, or I mean, yeah, grieving is a part of that process. You have to experience it and let it out. Yeah. I think for me, that was like a hard part because as I jokingly mentioned earlier, I'm not so emotional outwardly anyway with how I feel and what I'm feeling. So, um, that just kind of played a part into like me healing from my grief. Um, a lot of it, a lot of times I found myself suppressing it um, to get through the day, which I do think is a coping mechanism that sometimes you, it's inevitable that you, it just works, but you can't, that can't be a long-term solution. Um, you know, if it's like, okay, I need to go to this doctor's appointment for my physical health. I can't be falling to pieces. You know, I got to make it. So you might have to just hold yourself together. And I think that's nothing wrong with that in temporary doses. But, like, you have to trust that the grieving, the sadness, the longing, all that is part of the healing. And it's okay to to feel in that way. Like, we're humans. We're supposed to feel. Not to get on my soapbox. But I just think a lot of times people are like, oh, they're sad. And, of course, there's boundaries. No doubt. There are times when you definitely need help. 
but I think a lot of people are just afraid to feel anything and they just are running to the next solution, whether it be prescribed by a doctor or self-medicating, they just don't want to feel. So they do all these things. Um, and it's okay to feel, but obviously if it's getting to the point that it's interrupting your everyday life for a long time, then yes, you need help. But grief is just part of it and it's okay. So you just need to trust that grief is, is part of the healing and, and not just saying, you know, there will be better days. Will it be a hundred percent better? I can't answer that question because I'm only what eight years in, which seems like a while, but in the terms of a lifetime, I'm only 32. So I can't tell you if it ever gets 100% better. From what I've heard, no, it doesn't. But it's something that you just learn to deal with as part of your life. Um, because right. you have to. Because unfortunately, can't bring the missing person or missing persons back. Um, and so just trust that it's part of healing. That the feelings and the grief, it's part of healing. So you are healing even though it doesn't feel like it in the moment, basically. That's how I I took that point. Yeah. No, I agree with that because there's only so much you can do. But most importantly, as long as you allow yourself to feel what you're feeling, that's that's very healthy. And it's, it's good because it shows that you're feeling it. You've had this experience, this relationship for a long time. And now that it's no longer around or there it's changed, it's changed. I, would, I would argue that it's just changed i don't know it just depends on what you believe in mm-hmm. but i believe in afterlife me too so. I, I think that's i think that's good wording i think that's actually better wording yeah it's definitely changed um and i guess initially i'll be thinking about well okay yeah the person's not present there isn't there presently in terms of physically present but they're still there spiritually you know, they just not there physically, so absolutely it changes, you know. Well, the next thing is says set healthy boundaries, which you know I'm like boundary queen. <laughs> <laughs> just yes. call me boundary queen because I will set them boundaries and set them, implant them, and don't dare. <laughs> just don't try them. Please do not try my boundaries. It's not going to be pretty. And not in like a aggressive way is just what it is and I think too for myself I'm learning to say it's okay that I set that boundary you know I set it and even though I abide by it sometimes I still struggle with like dang was that the right decision and I'm like yes that's your boundary and it's okay to have it and especially when that person knew your boundary and they still pushed it or you told them after they pushed it and they still didn't want to abide you got to do what you got to do. Stay yeah. by your boundaries. So set healthy boundaries. I think the key word there is healthy because you can set unhealthy boundaries. And I think that some of that just comes with time, um, like experience, seeing that, oh, maybe I was that was a harsh boundary and it actually didn't serve me or the person well at all. Right. Um, and that just comes with with experience. Yeah, um, just because if you know lose someone, for example, like yeah, when I lost my mom, you know, and some people may want to ask me certain questions about you know her life or things that she's done. You know, if you're not comfortable in that moment, just say, "Well, I'm not comfortable talking about that right now," and that's setting a healthy boundary. Yeah. Because maybe for you, first and foremost, you know, the wound is already fresh. You losing your parent, 
I like I said for me, losing my mom was like, oh my God, this was horrible. So if people are asking you these things or something else, like it's okay to say, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. And when it comes to the holidays, you know, there's a lot of tradition that's involved and and there are just things that change when people pass, you know, especially if they were kind of the glue, so to speak, of the holidays. Um, it just changes the dynamics. It, it, at the very least, it's an empty seat at the table, and that could be hard enough. Um, so during the holidays, setting those boundaries, um, doing what works for you, you know, Um if you're not comfortable, like, don't feel completely bad about sitting out if you don't want to sit out, if you don't want to go to the dinner yeah. or whatever your family does. Now, I will say, be careful with completely removing yourself. Um, sometimes it just may be kind of in your head, and when you get there, it might actually lift your mood. But if you're just dead set on, you know, everyone's situation is different. I don't know what your family dynamics look like or whatever. If you know, like I could only stand that, that situation if my mom was there. And if I, I know that if I'm not, if she's not there, I wouldn't enjoy myself. Then, you know, it's definitely something you might want to walk away from. Um, I'm trying to think for myself. What I, I don't know if there was any boundaries that had to be set Personally, I just, I can't think of a personal boundary. I mean, for the holidays. Oh, I know other boundaries. <laughs> but we're talking holidays here. So, mm, just don't overcommit yourself. Don't, I, I actually, I do. I take that back. So, I know it felt like, you know, before my mom passed, it was just like, I did holidays with her. Whatever that looked like. Whatever me and her decided was going yeah. on, that's what happened. But then I felt kind of like a loner and I had a lot of invitations um, and it was a little bit overwhelming and I had to just decide what I was going to do, um, whether it was house hop and it, I had so many at one point that honestly I wouldn't have been able to do them all. They were just conflicting. So just setting the boundaries of like, it might be too overwhelming to go to all of them, but set the ones that I am and just say, just decline and say, oh, you know, thank you. Thank them for the invitation and just say, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it. I did commit to another one, but thank you so much. You know, maybe do it the day before. Like now, since we've been married, you know, I do with my dad the day before. And then we go with his family the day of and it works. Um, so just deciding if you have a partner. Just decide how you guys are going to do it. Yeah. And and just set it ahead of time. You know it's coming. Holidays exactly. are one of those things. You know they're coming. So, you know, um, but sometimes the the memories are too painful if certain things are going on. So, yeah. you know, you know, if there's going to be, I was reading this paragraph, it says something like if attending a tree lighting ceremony, it might not even have to be like the actual holiday day. You know, if maybe some friends are going and you and your mom or dad or whomever used to do it and you're just like mm, I'm gonna set the tree lighting out but maybe we can go shopping the next day or something like that yeah. you know so don't feel pressured to relive those memories that just might be too painful and you just kind of want to cap them off and say I'm not really going to participate in that anymore but I'll participate in the other because you don't want to just isolate yourself completely um, from any of the things 
So that would be my personal thing because I have been, I am susceptible to isolating myself and it's just best to not completely, but definitely sit out of certain things. So just focus on what you can control. Oh yeah, now that's, and that's huge. I know sometimes I have my moments where I struggle with um, focusing on the things that I can't control versus what I can't. Um, I'm trying to think of something specific, though. Well, I know it came to mind for me. What's that? I was reading a little bit of the paragraph here from the article. It's just saying things like, you know, Christmas music in a waiting room. You know, if, if Christmas music is one of your triggers for grief, but you can't really control that. You can't nope. you can't stop people from playing holiday music. You can't stop it from showing up on the commercials. You can't you, you just really can't. So you know, maybe if someone has holiday music playing in the car, you might not want to snap at them. They're not intentionally trying to trigger your emotion. But if mm-hmm. it does, just speak up and say, hey, you know, I'm not trying to be a Grinch or anything, but that does bother me. Can we just listen to regular music while I'm in the car? Right. Once again, that's kind of a boundary as well as focusing on what you can control. And, you know, if that person's not willing to do so, then you just know that they don't respect your boundary. You can't control that they're not respecting it, but you can remove yourself. You can remove yourself from the situation. So just try not to overly you know, con- try to control and dictate what's going on because you can't. No. Nope. But focus on what you can control versus what you can't. Things like that. Yeah. And because I think that's a great example, though. And it says, like, life goes on for other people, and that's okay. And I know that's sometimes hard to, like, think because I remember feeling that way, too. Like, everyone's just continuing on. Everyone's just acting like, you know, this just didn't yep. happen. And you also have to reflect on yourself. Like, we've all known somebody to lose somebody, whether it was one person or we have endless lists of them. But you have to think for yourself. You know, you probably felt sad for the person in the moment, but you went on and you shopped and you hung out with your friends and you went to work and you posted on social media. You did. You went on your life. And, and they're doing that, too. And, and, you know, for yourself, it was no hard feelings. It wasn't that you don't love them, don't care for them. But life does go on. And that's just the reality. Life goes on for you. Now it's changed, but life is going on for you. And life goes on yeah. for them. So they're not just out to seek to hurt you by these little things that they continue to do that's maybe part of their tradition in life just know that speak up for yourself and maybe remove yourself if necessary but only focus on what you can control right sorry about that you yeah. know how recent root do oh yeah um, I re- yeah cause I remember yeah, when my mom first died I remember looking around and seeing other people even after her service and you know, spending time with people who came over to support. It's like, you know, life is still going on with them, chit-chatting, laughing, carrying on. And I was trying to, but it was it was a, it was definitely a huge struggle. Then I had to remember, yeah, life is going to go on, but more importantly, um, it'll be okay. And I can't control, you know, what in this moment happens. Like, people are still going to, be happy, still live their life, and as they should. But I 
can't, I can't limit how I'm thinking, how I'm feeling. I have to allow myself to feel that and continue to live. Mm -hmm. And that's what I can control. Just allow myself to feel what I can feel. And another point, not so much just on the holidays, but more just on grief and what you can control, you know, people will say a lot of stuff to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they will say oh, oh, yeah. some of the kindest things mm-hmm. and some of the just, I don't even know, gut-wrenching oh. things and just will shock you and you'll just never understand why they felt that this was okay. To say. Yeah. And that's another thing that you can't control. Nope. So, yes, have the emotion. Feel it out. Be angry. Be upset. But don't focus on it. Have your moment in that moment. But don't stay in that moment. Move past it. Because people are going to people. And (laughs) you can't control that. Nope. Now, I know for me, attending funerals has been a thousand times harder for me. Most times I do not attend them. And it's hard because sometimes it's other people that I care about that have passed on. I have my things of what I do. It's not that I do nothing. You know, I'll reach out to the family or send a card, send, you know, food or whatever. Help them. I can control what I can do. I can help you. I can run some errands. I can make some phone calls or whatever. I can offer these things. But I can't attend that funeral. It's just not going to work for me. It's just a hard no for me. It's a boundary that I have and something I can control. I can control whether or not I go. I can't control how that makes someone else feel, but I can be there for them in other ways and hope that they're receptive to that. And I know my heart's in the right place. I can't jeopardize myself in that way over and over because for me, it's I've actually lost quite a few people since my mom passed away. Quite a few. And it's just gotten... It took a few to say, no, I can't keep doing this. I just can't. I can't keep attending these funerals. They're just too hard. I don't recover well. I don't I don't do well when I'm in that environment. I just, I just don't. So I do what I do. I'll attend the family hour sometimes. I'll stay for 10 minutes. I'll, you know, let them know I'm there for them in in that way. But I just can't do, I can't do funerals no more like that. I go to very, very, very few. Very, very, very few. Um, So that's something I can control and I do. And that also blends in with boundaries. But you can't can't control what people say. (laughs) And you can't control what people do either. Mm -mm. So, and that goes for the holidays. And there's just a lot of triggering, you know, Christmas songs and all type of things. Social media, people's posts on social media, being happy with their families or specific members of your family. Like, you know, mothers, at least for us, that's who we lost. But for other people, it's other other loved ones. And it's just like, it's hard. It's hard. And it's hard to see somebody maybe even bad talk their mom or talk, you know, talk, say something just negative. And, you know, it's just like, but you also have to respect their human emotion. They haven't experienced the loss of a mom. And you might want to just, like, shake them and be like, yo, like, uh uh-uh, that's not cool. But 
it's their reality. Their reality is that their mom's still there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't you can't control what they say and feel and do, and you just kind of got to let people live their life. I'm not trying to say you can't ever say anything, but don't make it your life duty for them to understand because it's right. nothing... <laughs> There's nothing that you can understand until you actually deal with it. And then after yep. you deal with it, it's also personal to you because just not everyone who loses their mother experienced the exact same set of emotions. And you don't experience the exact same set of emotions for each person that you lose either. It's different every time for every situation. And, you know, these things can trigger when you see people say, even the slightest negative thing about their mom. And and they're allowed, though, but they're allowed that. They're allowed Mm -hmm. to be tired of their mom if that's what's going on. They're allowed to be upset with their mom if that's what's going on. Like, they're much, they're allowed, they're allowed that human emotion. But, you know, as as someone who's lost their mother, it's it's hard to see that. Yeah, because it's definitely continue to be a work in progress for me when I see people bad mouth. Um, their moms on social media or hear something maybe in, in person at a store or something and you know someone yelling at their mom I hate you or so, something like that and you know it takes a lot for me to be like don't react because that's none of your business and everybody's relationship with their parent in that moment in time that's that's their reality and you have yeah. to respect that but it's, it's definitely been a work in progress for me with that um because, yeah, I can remember, you know, not always getting along with my mom, but I never, I, I just know that, even though that was the reality at that time, I just know, like, you know, everybody's situation is different. I can't make it what's true for me, true for them. I can't do that. Because mm-hmm. that's not the reality. Nope. So, another one I think I kind of mentioned in a little minute ago was planning ahead. You know that the holidays are coming. You know these things are happening. So, you know, it might just serve you to sit down, take some time, know what you want to do, and start to make the plan. If you know you want to go to that one person's house and not anyone else's, maybe reach out to them. Or, you know, deny other ones if they reach out to you first or say, let me get back to you or something. You have a plan so that you know, you are best prepared for what may come your way. Obviously, you don't know everything. You might get a curveball invite or a curveball situation, but you know the time is coming and just and just be ready. And, and if you have a partner, husband, wife, significant other, whomever that you do the holidays with, you know, talk with them about it and come up with a plan for the both of you that you can agree upon. Or a tentative plan and how you want to attack the holidays. So, I think that's good, too, to just kind of keep anxiety down, too. Um, And you can just allow yourself to feel the emotions that you're feeling. Not so much intermingled with all the other hoopla that's going on. Yeah. That way, you don't have to, like, ruminate on it. Like, oh, I know this is coming. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it can ease some of that. Yeah, because once you know, okay, it's October. I know Thanksgiving's coming up. I know Christmas is coming up after that. I know all these different people and things that are the type to, like you said, trigger you. Like, you, you, you just prepare yourself. 
as best as you can. Mm-hmm. The article says that maybe driving yourself so that you have an escape plan so that when you're ready to leave, you can just leave yeah. or have someone that you trust that you go with that's going to be willing to leave when you say, hey, it's time. And you know if you have that person or not and just kind of do with that so that you never feel stuck. That will leave some of the anxiety of just getting in there like, oh, I know if I go with this person, they're not leaving till midnight and I don't want to stay that long. So just, you know, if you're able to take yourself Um, or once again, have that conversation with that trusted person. Right. Or have an Uber, whatever it may be. Yeah, Uber just depends your situation. Yeah. And, and just make sure that it's conversation that's taking place and you get it established so that way everybody knows the situation, you have that agreement, and then you just do what's necessary for you because at the end of the day, it's about knowing and understanding what's right for you, what's true and good for you. Yeah. So plan and execute. Yeah. It's going to help you help ease some of what you're already experiencing or what you may be anticipating. Um, the next one, because how many? It's nine of these. This is number five. Follow, I'm sorry, not follow. Allow yourself to feel a range of emotions. It's kind of a repeat one, mm-hmm. you know, but just allow yourself to saying, you know, experience the joy and guilt or sadness that those all might happen in the same hour. Um, or just a matter of minutes. So just allow yourself to feel the emotions. Don't judge yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Oh, I'm crazy. Oh, I'm unstable or whatever other negative stamp you want to put on it. Just know that you're just human and this is what you're feeling and it's okay. Exactly. Once again, the warning comes when it's super long, (laughs) you know, it's, it's going on for a very long time to the point that you can't function in everyday life. Yes. Then that's when you need to seek some help, for sure. And oh, you can yeah. always, if you're not sure, just seek help, get professional opinion. Is this something that I should be worried about or not? It's okay to do that, too. Oh, yeah. um, either one. Number six is find a way to honor your memories. I love this. Um because I'm still working on it. <laughs> For me, I've never honored in the same way every year. Some years I didn't. I I took the point of I just didn't want to talk about it. And I think that's okay too. I didn't want to talk about it. I'm like, everyone knows. It's not news. It's not brand new news. Everyone that's important to me knows. We don't need to keep beating it over the head. For me, I just wanted to like move on. Like as much as I could. Because bringing it up didn't help me. I'm not trying to say that's not for anyone. Some people need that, need the reminders, need the memories, need to marinate it and need to hear it over and over. It brings them comfort. For me, it's like, I have that. It's mine. I'm capable of taking care of my myself in that way. I don't want to talk about it all the time. I don't want to hear their name every day. I don't like, I'm already dealing with it. And that's my way. Yeah. But I honor in that way. Like, I do things in my private time that honor, you know, my mom and those who I love that have moved on. I do my own little ritual, so to speak, or, you know, have my own little personal conversations and things that I do to remember. Um, I, I'm not a group person for that. I don't, 
I don't love that. I don't love doing group memory things. It's just super sad to me, and I don't like to be super sad and cry all the time. So I have that enough. Um, I don't really like to do group things when it comes to way of honoring the people I, you know, that have passed on. Um, but yeah, definitely finding a way to honor them, whether it be personal or in a group. That's good. Yeah. I'm not a big group. <clears throat> I mean, I'm open to it, but I, I think I do have a limit for it. It's not a, I wouldn't want to do it like on a monthly basis or not even necessarily a yearly thing. But, you know, if it just, if it, if the opportunity or moment called for it or it was one of those things of, yeah, let's all get together, then okay. But it would be more of a, feeling in the moment type of thing, not a let's make this annual type mm-hmm. of thing. But I'm so I'm open to it in that way, but like I said, not a all the time thing. Um cuz for me I'm more personable with um having conversations with my mom or just honoring her in, you know, different ways. Um so yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way, but I'm like I said open to it just more in the in that moment type of thing. I'm also a person that, and I, it's one of those, going back to things you can't control. It's going to sound bad. I don't really even know. I haven't, I don't think I've ever spoke this out loud, but to me, mentioning people who have passed on, especially my mom, not just anyone, but especially my mom, is a mood killer for me. And I'm just being honest. Like, it's like, why do we have to talk about her? She's not here. I'm not happy that she's not here. Why are we talking about her? But I can't control that because I also have to realize that she was somebody to many people, not just me. You know, I probably knew her some of the least out of everyone that knew her, you know, as far not the least, but longevity wise. You know, she had me at 42. A lot of people knew her way before I was born. You know what I'm saying? Like family and friends. And so they have tons of memories with her and they love her too. So I had to learn to respect that. I mean, I never lashed out or anything, but it will bother me. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it still bothers me. I'm just like, oh, do you have to bring that up? Like, she's not here. Like, why do we have to make this sad? But not for everyone does it make them sad, you know? So if it gets too much, I'll definitely speak up. But if they just talk about it for five, ten minutes, I'm not going to try to hush them and shush them. I just participate minimally in the conversation (laughs) until it goes away. That's just kind of my thing. Um, But for some people, talking and reliving these memories is their way of honoring, you know. So it's just everyone's different. Um, But just find your way. Yeah, I think for me, you know, it just depends on the context of what's being said. If it's something like a song that I knew that my mom liked, like, like, oh, yeah, I remember she did. You know, for me, that's okay. But if it's, I don't know, if it's just random or you just purposefully went out of your way just to tell me certain memories and things like that. Like, on one hand, I'm like, oh, 
that's nice to hear, but then it's like, okay, why did you just randomly bring that up? And I'm already, you know, missing my mom. She's not here, so what's the point? So I think for me, it just really depends on the purpose or the reason behind bringing it up. Like I said, if it's something specific that I knew that she liked, and it just came up in the conversation, like, okay, fine. I can, that doesn't bother me, but when it's just random, you wanted to purposefully tell me that alone, oh, okay, then I start feeling more like, oh, you know, then I start thinking about her even more, start missing her more type of thing. Yeah. It's a hard balance that, for me, I can't be like, this is the balance I need. You just never know. It varies from day to day. So it's just one of those things. Um, The next one that they have, which is number seven, is create new traditions. Um or altering old traditions Mm. um, to maybe fit the new phase in your life. Um, I think this is important. Oh, yeah. Um, But it's not easy because it just depends on the family you come from. Yeah. If you've had the same traditions your entire life, this can be very hard. Um, I think for my situation, my mom was sick many, many years before she passed. So we had already altered traditions because we had to just because of her physical state. Um, And I heard someone say once, like, when your parent is ill, or anyone, but we're talking parents here, when your parent is ill and it changes who they are, you actually start to grieve them before they pass because you're grieving the person that they were. Yeah. And so... In that phase, I feel like we created the new traditions because she wasn't able to do the things that she once was able to. So, yeah, you can get creative, as the article says, and do something a little out of the ordinary, something you normally wouldn't do. Maybe downscale it a little bit from what you normally do, but it's not um, less significant. It's just different, and it's still a celebration. Instead of just getting tossing the whole celebration or tradition all together maybe create one in lieu of um but if honestly if you need to toss the tradition for a couple of years that's okay too if you're just like you know what i need a break this is too much i don't want to do it that's okay too i think yeah but i think you know you might want to start to get in there a little bit and maybe create a new tradition whether you just want it to look nothing like what it was before or to have bits and pieces of what you did before, just find some, create some new traditions and see what sticks. I know I, I know my siblings, they've told me, you know, we do this now because mom did that. And not all of them is stuck with that every year. But even if it's like every year, we're going to do just a little bit of something that we used to do. And it's something a little different every year. That's fine, too. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the same exact thing every year. Just maybe something incorporated that you've done, that you did before in the years, in, in the tradition. So. Yeah. I can see that, you know, because having traditions um, and then when your parent or you know someone that you love or loved one or relative dies, then... It does change the dynamics of things, but it also, yeah, it can be hard, like when you said you're used to doing something or some things, whatever those traditions are, for so long. 
it can be really hard. Like, like I said before, me, you know, we always go to my aunt's house for Christmas. Um, but, you know, it just felt odd the first time when my mom wasn't there. I mean, we still have that same tradition, but, you know, it's, it's it just it just feels... It just feels weird, you know. So I think adding something new or doing something a little different, yeah. It, I think it's healthy, but it also, um, I think it also is necessary for you to continue to enjoy what you enjoy, but also keep the memory of that person alive. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, number eight says do something kind for others. make I guess make a note Hmm. maybe you know for this has the example of donate gifts to families in need serve meals at a soup kitchen but see for me I guess it didn't like click because we've always just like donated and done something kind for others you know I was in Girl Scouts and my dad donated a lot to just a lot of like Salvation Army and just everything so like doing something kind for others during the holidays not to say that this isn't important to the to the topic at hand, but you can do that all the time. You don't have to wait till you lose somebody to do that. Right. You know, help someone else celebrate their holiday. And, you know, you see it all over TV and all that stuff. The pressures of what the holidays should include and the, the commercial of it all, mm-hmm. you know, brings a lot of pressure and the gifts and, geez, just everything. But. It's never a bad time to do something kind for others. And the holidays would be a perfect time. Because it's usually a time of gift giving, so. Yeah. Hmm. But I think the point from the article is just saying, you know, it can help relieve maybe some of your sadness by seeing other people's spirits lifted by maybe an act of kindness that you did. Exactly. Um, I don't think that's a bad idea. No. Not Ever, all. whether you lost somebody or not. Because it'll help you take your mind off of what you're experiencing and then know, like, dang, someone else is going through some stuff, whether it be similar or the same or even something totally different that you might feel is much worse than what you're experiencing. It's like, man, that's crazy. It grounds you. Yeah. It grounds you in a way of, like, like, a human experience. Like, we're all going through something. And I'm not the only one going through tough times, which sometimes that can just help you. Like, okay, they're making it through. I can make it through. Yeah. I'll help them. And hopefully someone has or will help you. Oh, yeah. The last but not least, ask for help. Whew. That one, hard for me. Hard. Hard. It's been kind of harder for me since my mom has died, but before I probably would say, like, oh, that's not too hard for me to ask for help when I need it, but, yeah, since she's passed, I'm like, ooh, that's that's gotten harder. Mm -hmm. Just asking for help with your struggles, and if you just don't have anyone or don't trust anyone or just too shame in the moment or too apprehensive in the moment... There's always professional help. Yeah. I was quick with that one. I always, I was quick to get professional help because I just, 
I just, I don't know, I was just led to do that. And it, I don't regret it ever. I think it was the best decision I ever made. It was my first time getting counseling, any type of therapy, and I went less than six months than my mom passing away, and it was the best thing I ever did. So don't be afraid. <clears throat> Do not be afraid. And if you're just, that's not really your route of getting therapy, even though I would strongly encourage you to do it, if you're able to, I do know it can be a luxury. It can be hard to come by, depending on your situation. Talking with someone, an elder, or someone that's trusted, a mentor, whomever, it's just a good idea to, to have a sounding board of some kind that's trusted. Yeah, and even with mental health, um, you know, having someone who doesn't know you, doesn't have bias towards you or knowing your situation and things like that, that actually is beneficial because they can give you a perspective that maybe you hadn't considered or they can be a source of comfort to you, even though it may sound like, oh, that's a stranger, how could they? But you just never know because they could be that ear and that voice that you may you may need in that moment. Yeah. That you really need to talk with somebody. Yep. Yep. And I know, I mean, just like going to people you know, going to professional counselors and therapists, just might not always be the great fit, the best yeah. fit. And it can be a little taxing to be reaching for help and it not be exactly what you're looking for, but don't be discouraged to try another counselor, to try another therapist, just as you would as if you went to a friend and they didn't, it didn't really work out the conversation. You might talk to another friend about it. We do that all the time. Let's be real. Same with the counselors, same with the therapists. Just give it a try. Give it a, a few tries. When you, when you have the energy, when you have the strength, when you have the mental capacity to do so, it's definitely worth it. And, from my experience, I would just 100% hands down recommend it. And that's not biased on being married to a therapist. <laughs> that's on personal experience. Many years before I met my husband therapist, <laughs> um, I would have said the same thing. So that's that on that. Okay. Agree with all those points. Yeah, but grief during the holidays is yeah truly, truly hard. But I do think it's important to make sure you know you take care of yourself and take care of your mind, your bodies, your emotions, and just allow yourself to experience it because that is overall part of the process. Yeah. And so what are some traditions that you guys do, yeah. um, whether you've lost someone or not. Um, what are some that you do that you've carried on, that you did through childhood, that you do now, or maybe ones that you did do now because of losing someone close to you that, that was a vital part of your holidays? Um, just share your traditions with us during this holiday season. We'd love to to hear about those. and. Anything else from today's podcast that you feel so inclined to comment on, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, like what are your boundaries? What are things that you, know, you do to help yourself? 
yeah. and allow others to know, like, hey, it's okay to say or do this, but when it comes to that, no, I don't want to do that. And things you wish you would have known, you know, like, yes. I would have not liked to know this and would like to spread this to someone who might be going through grief during the holidays. So just let us know. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us on your journey today. Make sure you rate and review if you like what you hear. Also like, subscribe, and share with a friend. See ya. I love you.